Okay, we're going to call this meeting to order the Sacramento City Council on Tuesday, February 7, 2023 at uh, 5 p.m. Madam Clerk, if you could please call the roll to establish a quorum. Thank you. Councilmember Kaplan? Here. Councilmember Lalowi? Here. Councilmember Chalamantes? Here. Councilmember Valenzuela? Here. Councilmember Maple? Here. Councilmember Jennings? Here. Mayor Pro Tem Vang? Here. And Vice Mayor Guerra? Here. For the record, Mayor Steinberg will be absent this evening. Yeah, thank you. And we do uh, wish uh, uh, the mayor good uh, health. He's, yes, uh, I think, yes. getting what, what I probably had for the last month. So uh, thank you again. Um, if uh, uh, Councilmember Maple, if you could join us or lead us in the land acknowledgement and then the Pledge of Allegiance. Sure. All right, please rise for the opening acknowledgments in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisenan people, the Southern Maidu, Valley and Plains Miwok, Putwin, Wintun peoples, and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather today in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Now pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you very much, Council Member Maple. Um, see, uh, Madam uh, uh, City Attorney, we didn't have closed session today. We did not. Thank you very much. Uh, we have a couple of pre special presentations. We're going to start off with the first one. The mayor was going to do this one, and it uh, gives me actually great pleasure to uh, uh, ask uh, Team Rubicon to come on up to the podium and also with uh, Daniel Bowers. Uh, I want to take this moment. Uh, come on up to the podium here. Yes, and, and also with, uh, you know, uh, Daniel Bowers here who has been running our, uh, our uh, Office of Emergency Services. Um, I want to take this time to thank uh, Team Rubicon for their extraordinary work. Uh, and the rest of the Northern California team in the recent storms. Uh, as you know, many folks pulled together to help out in this effort. Uh, we were, many of us on the city council out with our city crews, uh, you know, thanking them for their, uh, their work. Well, you know, this group of, uh, of individuals, Team Rubicon and nonprofit organizations of veterans, uh, founded by veterans and composed of trained volunteers, they work particularly with local agencies as part of mutual aid network that includes the American Red Cross and FEMA. Uh, when Team Rubicon uh, received the call for support from the City uh, Office of Emergency Services during the evening of December 31st, they quickly mobilized and early uh, the following morning had woodcutting teams deployed in supporting the storm response. While their initial work took place here in the City of Sacramento, during the following weeks, Team Rubicon would provide support throughout California, including Sacramento, Placer, San Mateo, and Ventura County. Uh, because, of over, because of the overwhelming storm damage, uh, it was needed and they stepped up uh, for them. I uh, hear now uh, our very own uh, Daniel Bowers, the city's director of emergency management to provide a summary of the storm response. And in addition, 
uh, information about Team Rubicon's extraordinary work here in Sacramento. Uh, please give a round of applause to Team Rubicon and our team here at Office of Emergency Thank you very much. Good evening, Vice Mayor, members of the council. Very much appreciate that introduction. And Team Rubicon has been a phenomenal teammate throughout this storm response and, uh, and recovery process. When we received the, uh, the information from National Weather Service that we were looking at some atmospheric rivers coming in, the city proactively activated a crisis response uh, team that incorporated all the different response departments in support of department utilities, who is gonna be our lead agency. We also, while winds were not forecasted, uh, brought in our public works, our urban forestry team, to be ready for that. And I remember a few days before the, the New Year's Eve storm hit, uh, we closed out that meeting was, while winds aren't forecasted, we need to be prepared and ready for that. And uh, on the early hours of, uh, of New Year's Eve, uh, when I placed the call over to Team Rubicon and let them know about the, uh, really, I would say, uh, increase in storm activity that we were seeing, I asked them how soon that they could prepare and deploy. They were there within a few hours. Uh, from a team of volunteers, again, these are not paid disaster service workers. These are volunteers, many of them veterans of our uh, armed, armed services, many of them law enforcement veterans, fire veterans, other trades, but they are very skilled at what they do. And they brought to bear Sawyer teams. They responded out to priority calls lessening the burden on our urban forestry crew. Uh, we responded out to uh, right-of-way issues, made safe our critical infrastructure. I think they cleared out a, uh, at least a couple fire stations of debris and hazards as well. It's very much uh, immeasurable on some of the public safety mitigation work that they were able to do. But I have no doubt that lives were saved and injuries were reduced by the timely and quick and decisive action that Team Rubicon really exhibited throughout their three-week deployment here. When those trees go down in the right-of-way, especially on a rainy, dark night, it is very hard for motorists to see. And when we get out there and we set up and we put out some traffic cones and things like that and we have to move on to another scene, that's not the ideal choice. But with overburdened uh, urban forestry crews who are trying to keep our critical infrastructure up and running, because that is the priority, it was a significant force multiplier having these Sawyer teams from Team Rubicon come out and clear those roadways and also make safe our critical infrastructure. The city can move a lot of water. We can do so uh, pretty phenomenally through our department utilities workers. But when we have issues with power outages, uh, hindering that, when we have access to some of that critical infrastructure to provide backup power, that hinders our overall response. One thing that was very paramount throughout this entire response was Team Rubicon's ability to integrate with the city team and decisively respond when needed. Again, making safe the priority uh, calls for critical infrastructure, but then also clearing our right of way. And they did it over and over again. And then they went back to Cal Expo each night where they slept in a cot, got up the next morning, received their hot meal, and were back out for another 12 hour shift. And these are volunteers. It was, uh, it, it was pretty incredible to see them. And I made my way over there one morning and watched them as they rised out of their cots. And one thing that struck me was their enthusiasm and how happy and, and, and really jovial they were to get to go out and do good for the community. And it's oftentimes desired, it's oftentimes thought about to find that, that selfless service 
and an esprit de corps to help others, but it's very seldom seen without some sort of agenda. But these folks behind me, they exhibit that. Just true selfless service to their fellow human beings. And I'm very proud to work with them. And I think the culminating event for me during this storm response was a couple weeks ago. After the priority calls were done, the right of way was clear and the critical infrastructure was made safe. We moved on to some of the less, uh, less critical areas, including uh, Land Park and then the marina. And as I, uh, as I remember cleaning up the marina out there, we also brought in some Marines uh, from the local station uh, to help us out. We had public works crews out there. We had Team Rubicon Sawyers, Marines to carry debris, all working together in tandem cohesively to clear that marina area. And at that point, there was a couple issues that came because the water levels increased pretty high, caused a lot of debris in the water. And as it was coming down, there was some trees in there that uh, as the water level recedes, it was going to cause damage to the marina. So we also brought out our other partners, SAC Fire, their Rescue 20 rig, and we all worked together to tackle this problem where we hoisted these trees out of the river, pulled them up onto the bank, Team Rubicon Sawyers cut them up, and Public Works and Marines loaded them up and took it away. And I just remember reflecting on that as I watched that work go and get completed. Just the wonderful feeling of being part of such a cohesive and, and wonderful team uh, and, and how well you all integrated into that. So at this time, I'm gonna turn it over to Brandon. Brandon led this organization locally, and then Norman was the incident commander. I'm gonna turn it over to Brandon here to just introduce his team and uh, say a few more words. Brandon. Good evening, Brandon. Hello, everybody. Um, so on the night of, uh, or on the morning of January 1st, Craig Cooper here and then Norman Corson, we put together a Sawyer team, went out and started conducting route clearance. Understanding the need, we then drew that, grew that operation up. And then we had Sacramento Squall, where we're staying at Gibson Ranch, and then we transferred over to Cal Expo. During that whole entire time, we had over 220 gray shirts on the ground throughout from throughout the country, uh, just working in different strike teams, going not only to Sacramento, but to the county, and then uh, other places too. And also during that time, we spun up operations in San Mateo, Santa Cruz. We sent out recon teams to Butte, and uh, started in Ventura. Uh, Mel here, that was his first deployment with Team Rubicon. He always stepped into the arena, that's what we like to say. And uh, Jillian right here, that was our food unit lead to make sure that everybody was uh, happily fed because you gotta feed your army on the ground. And uh, I just wanted to, they, they always, they did a fantastic job, but I think the, the best thing for being a resident of the city of Sacramento is actually your emergency manager and his emergency management staff. Um, sometimes cities don't have it together, and uh, this city really did. And I sat during those meetings, and it wasn't like any ego whatsoever. It's like, how can we help the residents of Sacramento? And I, it was an awesome experience. Thank you. No, well, thank you very much. And I want to, you know, also, you know, on behalf of the city of Sacramento, uh, thank you for volunteering and coming in and sleeping on cots and making sure that as many of, uh, of our workers were out working 12 hours, long hour days for multiple days at end, uh, that that mutual aid clearly shows that we're all just stronger together. Oh. So thank you for that. If everyone, please join in giving a big round of applause and thanking Team Rubicon for their efforts. <laughs> now I think Mr. Bowers has a little resolution here for you all. We do. We, uh, Vice Mayor, we have a certificate of recognition that we would like to present. And could we get a photo right yeah, in front so of the guys? Yes, if you bring him over here yep. to the front here, come on over. You know. Go. 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 Go.
I'm lagging. Thank you so much. Much. All the other volunteers who also helped out. I know CERT was out there and many other organizations that came out to uh, during that storm. Quite a, an event on New Year's and then shortly thereafter, another week after. Uh, Madam Clerk, we have another special presentation here. Uh, and our agenda today, and I'm going to pass this over to uh, our council uh, colleague here, Councilmember Katie Valenzuela. Thank you so much. Well, it is my honor today to be recognizing the graduate cohort of the Boards and Commissions Leadership Institute. For those of you who aren't familiar with BCLI, this is a privately run program in the community where community members who are interested in serving on boards and commissions can get technical skills, new information, and build their network so that they can be successful advocates for their community. And so many of these folks already have amazing experience on their own that this is really just to give them that extra wraparound support so that they can go off and be really successful community leaders. So um, this program started over 10 years ago at the Sacramento Housing Alliance, and I had the honor of staffing that program when it was at the Housing Alliance. Then I got to run it for the board Building Healthy Communities Project with the California Endowment in South Sacramento, and now its new home is at Organized Sacramento. And what's so great about OrgSAC as a home is that they've really built a strong partnership with our labor partners to ensure that we're bringing in labor leaders and other amazing community members to make sure that we're building a bench of the leaders that are to come behind a lot of us when we get to the out of our council seats and are looking for folks to come in and help run our communities well. Um, so I want to pass the baton here to a very illustrious BCLI alumni herself. <laughs> I think she was in the first cohort. Yeah, my it's Vang. been 10 years. Yeah, so my Vang, would you, and um, my will give her comments and then we have certificates and I believe someone from the cohort will speak. But yeah, go well, ahead, my. Yeah, thank you so much, Councilwoman Valenzuela. I am just so honored to co-present and recognize our graduate cohort from the 2023 Boards and Commission Leadership Institute. Um, as you heard from Councilmember Valenzuela, I believe it's just so important to make sure uh, that we build the bench of young progressive leaders here in Sacramento, and BCLI does exactly that. About 10 years ago, I was actually a student, a, a student participant in BCLI, um, and as a proud alumni, what I can share with you is that, you know, in this space, it truly gave me the tools, the confidence, and the language to really articulate the, the struggles that were happening in my community and the tools to really begin to do advocacy work. Um, that was right before, uh, yeah, 2013, that was right when I started organizing with HIP, Hmong Innovating Politics, and BCLI really provided that foundation. Uh, many of the participants um, in, that go through the program are actually folks from low-income communities, uh, communities of color who have a proven track record of uh, doing work around social justice and improving their neighborhoods. Um, and a lot of these folks are really passionate about uh, disrupting the system and making sure that we create a system that really works for everyone here in the city of Sacramento. Some of the topics, and it's a six-week course, so it's pretty 
pretty intense, but some of the topics that are covered um, revolves around power and privilege, uh, land use and affordable housing, uh, health equity, environmental justice, and labor organizing one-on-one. -on -one. And so just, I wanna say congratulations to all of the co to all of the, the graduates of the cohort, and I look forward to actually seeing many of you serving on boards and commission. Um, I also do just wanna give a quick shout out because BCLI was where I actually made a lot of longtime friends through organizing, so I wanna give a shout out to Andres Ramos as well, who's the, uh, I believe the chair of the Sacramento Dems, the county Dems as well. So I wanna give him a shout out if he's watching this, uh, but long life friendships um, and really where I uh, began my organizing and learned a lot from BCLI. So just can't wait to see all of y'all serving on the city council and on the board of supervisors. Um, that's the reason why BCLI uh, was created. So with that, I think it's my job to read out their names. And okay, so we have Vanessa Kuda Kudabak. Casey Thomas. Monica Madrid. Sarah Comer. Dylan Hoy Bianchi. Oh, he has, okay. My staff, Asian Lee. Yay, Asia! And also another city staff, Eduardo Madrid Moreno. I think it's pretty awesome that we have two city staff that went through the program as well. So I want to give a shout out to both of them. So I think they want to say. Yep. Good evening. My name is Vanessa Cutteback. I'm a teacher in Sacramento, a parent and local community activist here in Sacramento. I'm also a graduate of the most recent edition of the Boards and Commissions Leadership Institute. The students in my cohort all came to this program with an eagerness to learn and serve our local community. On behalf of my cohort, I would like to express our humble appreciation for all the incredible teachers and organizers of the program. First, I would like to thank Tammy Dreamer and Eric Sunderland for their mentorship and ability, to, and ability to navigate us through this program. Becoming a member of a board or commission can feel daunting, and they truly empowered us with the knowledge and confidence to see ourselves on that path. They organized a team of experts that included labor leaders, board members, and activists. They came in each weekend to guide us through the nuances and pressures of serving on a board. Two of those inspiring, inspiring teachers are sitting on this council, council member Katie Valenzuela and council member May Vang. Thank you for your encouragement, support, and the time you dedicated to this program. There were so many lessons learned at BCLI, but for me, the key element that was integrated into each class was a commitment to social justice. As a teacher, I have seen firsthand the impact of the decisions of members of boards and commissions and what they have on our local community. I experience on a daily basis the ripple effect of how money is spent, what needs in our community are being attended to, and what is being neglected. As a teacher, I try on a daily basis to fill in those gaps. Hopefully one day I will have the honor to serve on a board or commission and be a part of those, those decisions. When I do, I will commit myself to that vision of social justice in real time, as all too often those who are most affected by a decision in our community do not have a seat at the table. 
Finally, I want to acknowledge the fellow members in my cohort who are all already very invested and involved in supporting their communities. I learned perhaps the most through our conversations and look forward to seeing all they can accomplish. I now will pass the baton to Sarah Connor, a fellow member of our graduating class. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm not nearly as polished or professional as Vanessa, um, but I just wanted to express my genuine appreciation um, to my cohort and to um, everyone involved uh, in organizing BCLI for this opportunity. Um, I'm really profoundly touched and uh, moved um, by the faith and uh, the passion um, that I've seen from this cohort. Um, the commitment to speaking up for what's right, even when it's challenging, um, such as speaking out in uh, local meetings such as this one against police brutality, against um, and for responsible spending of our resources and to make the world a better place, even starting in Sacramento. Um, I didn't grow up here. I wasn't born here. Um, I've been but I've been involved in organizing in um, the Davis and Sacramento area since 2012 when I attended UC Davis. Um, and I'm really grateful to call this place my home. Um, and I'm, I'm just in unspeakably grateful for everyone that I've met here and everyone I see um, working to make Sacramento a better place um, and speak up for what's right. Thank you so much. Good evening, Tammy. Good evening, Mr. Vice Mayor, right? My council member, Mr. Vice Mayor, yes. Thank you all for your service. I know you all didn't start here at the Sacramento City Council, so you understand how important it is to give people a stepping stone um, to service, to remove any barriers there might be, especially for low-income people and, and communities of color that haven't always participated in our small-D democracy and how it works. And so that's that's our aim, is to get more people and uh, on boards and commissions that better reflect our communities throughout Sacramento City and County and even the region. So um, for those of you who don't know, Organized Sacramento provides these sorts of trainings and education and technical and personal assistance in order to bring positive results when community issues like workers' rights or affordable housing or social equity and other issues become organizing campaigns. Um, but more importantly, we have to build a bench of people who are willing to serve because a lot of people think democracy means voting every four years or every two years, but actually small d democracy doesn't function without our local boards and commissions. And that's not just at agencies like these, but that's also our neighborhood associations and our little league boards, right? Our swim team organizations. So we just wanna give everybody the, the knowledge a base that they can have the confidence to serve and serve their communities. Uh, I also wanna thank our sponsors, the Sacramento Progressive Communities, SMUD, the California Endowment, and the Sacramento Central Labor Council. And I wanna thank our presenters this year. I wanna thank Mayor Heather Fargo, labor leaders Bill Camp and John Shaban, Jasjeet Singh from the Sacramento City Unified School District Trustee Board, um, uh, our uh, board member, Andres Ramos, who comes in and talks about Robert's rules and Rosenberg's rules and how to be confident in using those rules. Um, the California Coalition for Rural Housing's Veronica Beatty, SMUD board member, Dave Tamayo, former council member, Lauren Hammond, 
um, environmental justice expert council member, Katie Valenzuela, and council member Mai Bang, who served on the school board before she became a council councilwoman. Uh, and then structural racialization expert, Naila Pope-Harden, that really challenges people's conceptions of, of where the world was and how it still remains, and there's a lot of work to do. So um, I also wanna thank my partner, Eric Sunderland. Um, we taught the transportation equity piece, and we also had a few other things to say along the way. So um, congratulations on finishing six Sundays and uh, a five-hour sessions. Um, to our cohort, we love you guys and uh, hope you continue on and serve the community well. Thank you. Yeah, come on over to the front. We'd love to take a photo with you. I, I personally want to thank also, you know, uh, uh, Monica here. She's been an advocate in the Latino community, also with many of our renters. And I started off as a renter and a planning commissioner before I got here. So we'll see her shortly, here shortly. Thank you. Let me go closer. I also forgot we're having a, a celebration at Organized Sacramento from noon to four on Saturday, and you're all invited, 1714 Broadway. Thank you, Tom, thank you, Tammy, for that. And thank you, Eric, appreciate you, you uh, also giving up, uh, you know, six uh, weekends of your, of your uh, personal time on top of, a, top of what you do during the week to help uh, prepare the future. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, those are our special presentations for today. Uh, Madam Clerk, can we uh, move on to the first order of business on the agenda? The first order of business is the consent calendar, items 1 through 19. Thank you very much, Madam Clerk. Um, are there, before we call members of the public, I know uh, uh, Councilmember Maple wants to speak on item 19. Are there other comments on other items from members? If not, Madam Clerk, please go ahead and call the uh, first, uh, the, the member signed up to speak on the, from the public. Thank you. I'd like to remind members of the public, if you would like to speak on an agenda item when the item begins, if you're in council chambers, fill out a speaker slip. If you're on Zoom, raise your hand. After the first speaker, we will no longer accept, accept speaker slips, and the raise hand feature in Zoom will be disabled. So my first speaker is Shannon Stein. And Shannon is speaking on item 19. Good evening, everyone. It's lovely to see you. I'm Shannon Stein, Chief Operating Officer at Habitat for Humanity of Greater Sacramento. You have some really important um, items on your agenda this evening, which impact so many members of our community. Um, as Habitat for Humanity of Greater Sacramento, we are honored to be the facilitators of some of the funds that you'll be allocating this evening to invest into the Greater Oak Park area, but specifically the Aggie Square Impact Zone. Um, 95817, 95820, 95824, and 95828. Uh, it's our honor to be able to facilitate these funds into reinvesting them back into the community and back into the residents of these communities. 
Uh, for far too long, we have um, allowed these communities to be underserved and underinvested and have created a system where these communities continue to live in the threat of displacement, um, code violation, and a variety of other housing challenges. Um, it is truly a thrill to be working with the Sacramento City Council and the leadership of Sacramento City to be able to <clears throat> see these challenges and to find pathways forward and to find solutions. Um, it's truly an honor to be working with the city attorney's office on some of the initiatives that we've been working on in the past year to address challenges that have been brought up that we've worked together and collaborated on to find solutions for. Um, I encourage all of you to continue to follow on this path. I know that we, uh, we got here because you listened to community feedback. There were surveys done. There were open meetings held. There were town councils held. You took the time to allow your constituents to provide their feedback and you listened to them. And in doing so, you are making phenomenal decisions in regards to how to invest city money responsibly. I encourage you, in fact, I implore you as a resident and as a constituent of District 7 and of this city to continue to listen to your, to your constituents and continue to make decisions about how they would like you to invest these funds and realize the impact that you have the ability to create when you listen to your constituency. We're thrilled to be your partner on this. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Vice Mayor, I have no more speakers. Thank you very much. Let me bring this back to the council. Councilmember Maple. Yeah, I just wanted to say, um, first of all, that this is a really exciting set of programs. Um, I was actually serving on the Oak Park Neighborhood Association when um, Sacramento Investment Without Displacement was pushing for the Community Benefits Agreement. So that's a collaboration of a lot of different groups and it was fitting that Tammy Dramer was here uh, just a minute ago because she was a really integral part of that program and uh, that push. Um, and so I'm just really grateful for staff for working on this over, over many months. I know this is a result of the community coming together, staff working on this and advocating for this agreement. Um, I appreciate that the focus has been on ensuring not just that we build housing, but that we focus on affordable housing in particular, that we are keeping folks in their homes through home repair and electrification services, impairing energy, um, uh, um, improving our energy efficiency and lowering utility bills, so that's a huge component as well, and supporting low-income home ownership opportunities through Habitat um, and education and outreach. So I'm really excited about this. This is so great to see it come from that moment to now and now into fruition. Um, and I just wanted to make one request as we move forward um, from staff is that, you know, if we can come back in 12 months uh, with some data on how the program has operated, so how well it's worked, um, how do we determine what success looks like for ourselves, um, and whether or not something like this can be replicated. So if there are other projects in the city, especially in some of our other areas that, that might benefit from these types of programs, um, how could we maybe uh, incorporate those? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, is that a motion with direction, Councilmember Maple? Yes. Good. It's been properly moved. Is there a second? Great, thank you. It's been properly moved and second. I do also want to thank all of our housing staff and community members involved in the community development agreement. Uh, and uh, you know, he's out sick today, but uh, Mayor Steinberg and Councilmember Chenier, uh, Tammy Draymond, all the folks at Investment Without Displacement who were involved in, in getting us to this point here. With that, um, uh, Madam Clerk, um, I'll go ahead and rather than call the roll, all those in favor, please and, uh, signify by saying aye. Oh wait, uh, Councilmember Jennings. I'm sorry, I just want to know, are you taking the whole consent calendar or just 19? Uh, that was just a comment on 19, but the whole consent calendar. Okay, just want to be clear. Yeah, motion is to approve the consent calendar, properly moved and seconded. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Thank you very much. Uh, Madam Clerk, uh, I'll move on to our next item today. Thank you, Vice Mayor. Your next item is item 20, a public hearing. It's a City Council Housing Authority authorization to execute a conditional loan commitment 
in the amount of $2,545,000 and disposition and development agreement for the properties at uh, 5266 to 5340 Young Street and 5700 Stockton Boulevard with San Juan Municipal Housing Associates LP for the San Juan Apartments by Mutual Housing Apartments Project. Long name for a very great project. I was thinking that as well. Thank you. Good evening, Christine. It's Good great evening. to see you here. I, I can't believe we're at this point in uh, in our time. It's so. very exciting, yes. Well, good evening. I'm Christine Weikert with Sacramento Housing and Redevelopment Agency. And this evening, we are requesting approval for a disposition and development agreement and seller carryback loan for the city housing authority property owned um, at this site and a commitment of $2 million loan for the acquisition, construction, and permanent financing of the San Juan Apartments by Mutual Housing. In addition, this morning we were at the Board of Supervisors who approved the issuance of mortgage, tax, mortgage revenue bonds and a $20 million loan commitment plus disposition of county housing authority land. So as background, and I'm going to move this, sorry. Yes. As background, uh, between 2008 and 2010, SHRA purchased eight parcels located on Stockton Boulevard and Young Street, totaling five and a half acres. The site included three large parcels in the unincorporated county and five smaller parcels in the city. The parcels were purchased with former redevelopment and neighborhood stabilization funds. In November 2016, SHRA received approval for a vacant lot disposition strategy, which included the San Juan site, and request proposals was issued to solicit affordable housing developers. Uh, a selection committee awarded the project to Mutual Housing California, and their proposal for the site included family, workforce, and permanent supportive housing. Uh, given funding limitations, the project has since been phased. The first phase and subject of this report includes the seven five parcels in the city and two located in the county. The phase five, sorry, the phase one site is 4.2 acres, and SHRA will clean up contaminated soil on one of the county parcels prior to selling the, the project and the land. The project is 113 units comprised of one, two, and three bedrooms, includes ranges of incomes from 30 to 60% of area meaning income, and development includes 12 buildings, a community room, playground, swimming pool, and the total project cost is $75 million. In addition to the $22 million in SHRA funding, financing for the project includes low-income housing tax credits, SMUD rebates, and a conventional loan. The project was also awarded Green Means Go funding in the amount of $2 million from the Sacramento Area Council of Governments, and the funding will pay for a portion of the off-site improvements. The developer Mutual Housing will also serve as property manager and resident service provider at the site. The second phase of development includes the remaining county parcel located at 5716 Stockton Boulevard, and is expected to include approximately 70 units of permanent supportive housing and staff anticipates returning for approvals of that second phase of the project in 2013. So this slide helps illustrate the city parcels in yellow and the county in blue. In addition, you can see phase one of the project which is being funded with the actions in this staff report. And we hope, again, hope to return with approvals for phase two in the coming months. So in conclusion, uh, we're requesting approval of the funding and disposition of land for this project and staff from Mutual Housing in Sacramento Housing and Redevelopment Agency are here to answer any questions you may have. Great. Thank you very much, Christine. Um, let me uh, ask the clerk to see if there are any comments from the public. Yes, Vice Mayor, I have one speaker slip from Keith Bloom. Uh, 
Uh, Vice Mayor Guerra, fellow council members, Keith Bloom with Mitchell Housing California. Um, very much appreciate your consideration of our request for the San Juan Motel project. Um, very important project to us. We know it's also a very important project to both the city and the county. Um, I also want to give a very big shout out to SHRA staff, Christine, Michelle, and their staff. Uh, we've been working together for now about two years on this project, going through several iterations. It's a very complicated project, um, and they've been uh, very helpful, uh, extremely helpful in getting us to, to where we are today. Uh, with hopefully your funding approval as well as the county's this morning, uh, we've also submitted a bond and tax credit application as of a couple hours ago. Um, and should we be successful in getting that funding here in the next couple of months, uh, we look forward to starting construction uh, probably late October of this year. Um, again, appreciate uh, uh, your support, and uh, I'm here to answer any questions you folks may have. Great. Thank you very much. Vice Mayor, I have no more speakers on this item. Fantastic. Thank you. Let me bring this back to the council. Seeing no uh, comments from the council, I just wanted to personally thank all of uh, SHRA staff, uh, mutual housing that are involved, uh, and uh, and to talk, you know, this has been uh, a community-driven uh, initiative back in 20, I mean, Jesus, in 2012, 14, uh, 2012, we were trying to figure out how we get that vacant area that become blighted, mm -hmm. uh, but caught up in, in the fall of redevelopment where the city owned part of it, the county owned part of it, and the quasi-state agency owned another piece of it. So this, uh, this site would never have been developed, but I think for a number of people uh, engaging in here, I do wanna give a shout out to Stephanie Francis from the Fruit Ridge Manor neighborhood that uh, association when I first ran uh, said that you know this is this is a key thing we have to fix and uh, and was and relent, relentless in pushing this I do want to thank Senator Pan who also drafted legislation to help us help us con uh, connect and conjoin the properties as well uh, also want to thank our folks at the county who participated in this but uh, but it was a, I do think the the collective effort of so many people to try to get this project where they are. Um, uh, this um, one one direction that I would probably ask our our city staff and, and encourage our uh, SHRA staff and our county partners is that in their legislative packet, and I'm looking over at our chair of law and legislation, um, one of the concerns that I have had in this project is because of us wanting to add a child care center, it made, makes the project less competitive. And unfortunately, adding amenities that support um, uh, support the needs of working families and those in affordable housing actually counts against you. And so uh, this project, unfortunately, it suffers from that. So I would like to make sure to see if that our legislation that, that or their efforts uh, at the state level that can look at the point system, not just on the lowest cost, but are there things or amenities that help support those who are in need, uh, who are in affordable housing uh, in developments to be able to have them. Those should count in support and not jeopardize the project. Last, I know we're moving forward on this, but I would like to say that, you know, the, you know, I, I, I enjoy the pool, particularly when it's 102 degrees, but I would like to say, see if, if there's more thought process in the cost of other amenities that uh, can be used all year round. When it's 32 degrees outside, I think that space could be better used and maybe we could find other amenities that can address the heat and also um, the variety of the day, but and that would reduce our cost too because pools are, are difficult to maintain. All to say, this is bringing another uh, amount of affordable housing 
on Stockton Boulevard, and this is extremely low-income housing, along with a mixture of uh, of the affordable housing level. So it's a it's a good project, one that's taken many people to get into this place. Again, another effort of us being stronger together and the developments that we're making on Stockton Boulevard. Uh, with that, um, I'll ask for uh, one of my colleagues to open and close the public hearing. I move to open the public hearing. And is there uh, and anyone want to close? I'll close. It's been moved to open the public hearing. It's been closed by Councilmember Vang, and uh, moved the item. Moved uh, moved the item. Is there a second? I heard seconded by Councilmember Lowy. Um, all those in favor, please signify by saying aye. aye. All those opposed. Thank you very much, and congratulations to the members of District Six for years of work on this. Thank you. And thank you to California Mutual Housing. Madam Clerk. Next order of business is council comments, ideas, questions, AB1234 reports. Uh, let me bring this actually, if, if you can, why don't we move for public comment first and then we'll move out over to council comments. Oh, okay, yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, why don't we do this? Let's do public comment first and then I'll take a speaker's list since the, since the dais thing isn't working. Great, thank you. Um, I have five speakers um, signed up You're to speak. One. Mary. Tapple, then Caesar Aguirre, then Monica Madrid. Hello, um, Vice Mayor Guerta, and the rest of the council members. Um, I want to thank uh, all the all the many members of the council who su supported the some of the grant funds being used to purchase an, the rook piece of equipment for the police uh, department. We have I've come from the north area where I've had the experience years ago of having a gun in my face. I'm very much aware that violent crime is real. I get police reports about all the assault rifles and ghost guns and other weapons uh, they are taking off the streets and we know there's a lot they haven't got off the street. We have the cases of people um, barricading themselves and wanted armed dangerous people in, 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 uh, in buildings and we need this kind of equipment for our police force to keep the officers safe. For example, Tara O'Sullivan was not kept safe. Uh, she's one of, the, one of our community service officers who was uh, killed by an armed suspect using an assault rifle and, and uh, the so-called cop killer bullets that go through the safety vests of the officers. <laughs> and uh, she, she at the time uh, uh, was responding to domestic violence um, and she was guard, trying to guard a, a woman trying to get her, her personal possessions back from a very violent partner. And um, this officer, this very young officer was was killed just a few blocks, uh, just uh, um, actually a few houses down from and across the street from where my husband first lived in Sacramento. So uh, thank you very much for, uh, we always need uh, officers to be kept safe on the job and we always need the public to be kept safe and we have way too much uh, gun violence, even uh, gang warfare downtown and a huge number of the victims of violent crime are women, both in domestic violence and other forms of violence. So I hope you keep that in mind. Thank you for your comments. Your time is complete. Okay, thank Our you. Our next speaker is Cesar 
Aguirre, Monica Madrid, then Kyle Williams. Hi, Council. Uh, my name is Cesar Aguirre. I am here to address y'all on the vote that you made on that rook, just as the previous uh, speaker mentioned. Yeah, let's talk about how that's going to be used, right? Because I imagine that y'all were thinking that this is something that's going to protect those who are uh, employees of the city or the county. Um, but from what I've seen, these are used outside of people's homes. Um, these are armored military vehicles. They're not cheap, right? Um, and they're used to enact violent, aggressive actions on people in our community. So who do we want to protect? Are we valuing the lives of our officers before our community members? If we really do value the lives of our officers, then why are we going to send them in to do those types of missions where they would be shot at? This isn't an easy subject for me to speak on. Not too long ago, law enforcement came into my home where my family was. They came into my friend's home with their young child. They came in with loaded guns. They pointed the gun at me. And they were justified in doing that, even though they knew I did not have a weapon. They knew that. So now think about what kind of justification is going to be used to use this rook. And are these police officers going to fear whether or not they should be shooting into this building? Because now they're going to have a shield to do that, right? So they won't be worried about whether or not there's going to be sh shots fired back at them. I had so many high hopes for you, Katie, Maple, for you, Karina. Stage point. Council members? I cannot speak to my city council. Excuse can me. I have my time back, Mr. Jennings? Please hold the time. Council member Jennings, state your point. point of order. Can the legal speak to that as far as calling out the names of council members? Uh, perhaps, Councilmember Jennings, you mean they should direct all comments to If you'd you. like, sir, I can speak to you too, Rick Jennings. Yeah, I can speak to each and every one of you who voted for that rook, okay? Because as far as I know, only Mai and Katie knew not to. Hold on one moment. Your time is complete. No, wait, hold on. Uh, Madam Clerk asked you to hold the time. He did have five seconds. Hold on, hold on one quick second. We had a point of order, and, uh, and uh, uh, Councilmember Jenning asked uh, whether the council rules allows for speaking to individual council members. Correct, and he had five seconds left at that point. Would you like me to put 10 on the clock? So put 10 on the clock back. Thank yes. you. Yeah. So, Chair, Chair just, just the, but the, the question is here. Can you clarify the council rules of speaking to an individual council? Yeah, let's clarify. Yes, as the city attorney just stated, you should address your comments to the full council, not okay. Sir Aguirre, please address, okay. please address to the full council. I am severely disappointed that Katie Maple and Karina Talamantes, among our city council, as well as all the other city council members who voted in favor of the Rook, did that, because that was a huge mistake. We know better, and we Thank should do better. Your comments. Your time is complete. Our Thank next you. speaker is Monica Madrid, then Kyle Williams. Hello, uh, thank you council and thank you council for being here, but I'm also upset and disappointed in city council members, especially city council member that we helped getting elected. And I'm looking at her since I can't say her name. You know, she said she was going to be for police reform and she voted for this rook. 
I'm here with APTP. I'm, I'm an organizer with ACE in South Sacramento. Um, that's a community that I organize. Mac Road, your district, in your district. Thank you, Councilmember Ving, for voting for your district. But what we're here to, we demand a moratorium on all military equipment purchases. We demand a city council approve as the Sacramento City Council um, Police Commission's recommendations on military equipment use. We demand a data transparency ordinance for the Sacramento City. We demand an end to Sacramento Police Department's use of pretextual traffic stops. We demand, a use the, we demand an end to SAC PD's use of unmarked cars and plainclothes police officers. We demand SAC PD to dissolve its gang enforcement and problem-oriented policing teams. I can say this right now that these people are targeting the black and brown communities, particularly in Council District 5 and Council District 8. We demand a moratorium on all sweeps of the homelessness by SAC PD, especially if you guys can't keep, keep, keep make sure that these apartment complexes are being well-kept on Mac Road. Yet over here, you guys are doing sweeps to the homeless. I think you should reprioritize your code enforcement here in the city of Sacramento. Um, we demand an end to SAC PD's traffic enforcement. And um, one last thing, not on the demands, but something that ACE is demanding, is for the city of Sacramento to make it illegal for property managers and landlords to harass tenants. So pass a tenant anti-harassment policy. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Our next speaker is Kyle Williams. Our next speaker is Kyle Williams, then Carly Brannon, then Daniel Marino. We're ready. Let's proceed. Oh, uh, thank you for serving and uh, taking the time to do what it takes to get elected. I mean that really. I mean it's. I think most of you are on the other side of the fence of me than whatever, but I might find out. I don't know if I can do this or not. Half of this is to find out what I can and can't do up here. Um, again, thank you. May I ask you to raise your hands to which of you are registered Republican? Is that possible? Would anybody mind raising? Excuse me one moment. Pause the timer, please. Pause the timer, please. Uh, Councilmember Kaplan, state just, your point. Just point of order. I think it would help if, if we could have the city attorney clarify whether during public comments we, uh, council members can actually comply or reply and have a dialogue. Madam, Madam Clerk and Madam City Attorney, uh, can you respond to the, the uh, point of order? Uh, sure, Vice Mayor. How many in this audience are Republicans? I'm sorry. Uh, on public I'm comments. <laughs> How many in we're going to please, please uh, keep your comments right now while we're trying to conduct a meeting. All you got to do is fill out a form. Please keep your disruptions down. Okay, Madam uh, City Attorney, please respond to the question by the Councilmember Kaplan. Yes, this is public comment on matters not on the agenda. The public can speak within two uh, minutes, but the council cannot respond to it or provide any thank comments. Thank you very much. Okay. Nor can they be asked questions and asked to be respond. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, uh, Councilmember Kaplan, was that answer to your point of inquiry? Okay. Okay. Who are not aware of the rules that during public comment we can't respond. You can't respond to that. Okay, thank uh, you. All right. Continue. Thank you. Um, may I ask of you, I have cards up here. 
And uh, there's six of them. I figure out all of you would be interested in it. But anyway, I have uh, solutions to the leaf blowing problem, which already kicked in. I don't know if you all live midtown or whatever, but I asked two guys why they're blowing leaves today. There's no, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's no leaves. February through August, we don't have leaves. They blow <laughs> dust around. So I thought, you know, one of these days, somebody in this council is gonna figure out that maybe you could ask, and, and to everybody watching, maybe ask your renter or your people to just blow once a month, something, something like that. Because all they do is blow dust around. I mean, it's silly. May I ask you guys? Damn! I wish that was the only struggle I had, sir. All right. Can we pause the timer? Please pause the uh, gentleman's time here. Uh, can please maintain conduct in the room? If not, uh, we'll have to adjourn the meeting. You can have your Thank chance, you. ma'am. Thank you. Uh, you may continue. Okay, I don't know if I have how much time I got back or whatever. Um... And may I ask of you, how many of you have homeless sleeping regularly with tents or the like within three blocks of you? Could you write that down with your name and give it to the front desk? I would be curious as all heck. For why? Because I don't think they have them in their neighborhoods. They're in our neighborhoods. Is that a problem? Yes, it's a problem because they'd care differently if it was. Thank you for your comments. You. Your time is complete. Our next speaker is Carly Brannon, then Daniel Moreno, then Jerry Santarpia. I have six more speakers. Okay, uh, if we continue to have disruptions during the council meeting, we'll have to adjourn the meeting. Good morning, good evening, Carly. Please start the timer. I think it's really interesting that you moved public comment for off agenda to in front of the public discussion calendar items or item. There was only one um, that was clearly done with intent to silence the people who are here to speak to you. Very clear. You guys have done this before. This is awful. This is. This is not democracy. This is not how our government should be run, okay? Because you've done this, there are people who were not able to sign up in time to speak. You've done this on purpose. One person came up here and read some demands. I'm gonna extrapolate a little bit on one of them. Um, there's a demand to end the use of unmarked cars and plainclothes police officers. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about Armani, Armani Lee. Um, he was chased by undercover cops. They jumped out of their vehicle. They attacked him. They shot him. They never announced that they were police. They thought he had bled out and was dead. They, they were allowing him to bleed out before calling EMS to come and treat him. When the police chief came in here to talk to you guys, he said, unfortunately, the suspect lived. And because he lived, he went to court. And despite being attacked by people who never announced themselves as police, <laughs> he was charged with all kinds of shit. And he's in jail for a very long time because he was attacked by violent white supremacist Sacramento Police Department. 
One of the names that we have on this list here is Jeremy Southern. He was murdered by Sacramento police in student housing. I went there that evening to investigate his murder. I met his girlfriend. When she found out that he died, she called me screaming Thank that she wanted comments. to die. And complete. I had Thank you for your comments. Your time is complete. Our next speaker is Daniel Moreno. Thank you for your comments. Your time is complete. Next speaker is Daniel Moreno. Mr. Moreno. Next speaker is Daniel Moreno, then Jerry Santarpia, then Antoinette, and then I have two additional speakers online. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, my name is uh, Daniel Moreno. Um, I uh, am a uh, union member with the Carpenters, and I have been a Carpenter member for, uh, sorry, for uh, 20 years now. Um, and I just came here to give you some uh, um, certain points that uh, I think are very important to, to the community. Um, uh, members have been commuting lar larger distances every year and to find work that are uh, livable, to have a livable wage and health benefits. Some of the, uh, the points, um, local hires, local hire policies help ensure new, develop, new development benefits to all members of the community. Local hire helps to ensure that money generated uh, by new developments stay in our community and form sale taxes for property tax revenues. Two-thirds uh, two on apprentices, apprenticeships, two-thirds of construction apprentices, apprentices are people of color uh, because of the increased wage and lack of student debt, construction apprenticeships can be a better option for many young people uh, that traditionally under, that a traditional undergraduate program. Um, construction apprentices program are provided, are proven to escalate to the middle class, trading tens of thousands of California residents every year. Um, at no cost to taxpayers. Um, and my final points are um, healthcare. Uh, construction workers, part particularly those not represented by the union, are more likely to lack healthcare and rely on government safety net programs. Um, nearly 50% of California construction Thank you for your workers. Thank your comments. Your time is complete. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Our next speaker is Jerry Santarpia, then Antoinette. Good evening, committee. Thank you for the opportunity to speak here. I am also a carpenter with the NorCal Carpenters Union. I've been a carpenter for 37 years, third-generation union carpenter, and it's paid dividends for me and my family. I became a union organizer a little less than a year ago because I've seen workers unrepresented who don't have health care, do not have apprenticeship programs, who struggle just to get ends meet, who are one accident away from bankruptcy. You know, construction used to be a well-paying industry. But due to no bid or low bid requirements, it's been a race to the bottom. It's so bad that 38% of construction workers in America are now on one or more social assistance programs. That's almost two at every five. 31% do not have access to health care. If you compare all the other industries combined, they're only 10%. So a construction worker is three times more likely not to have health care. He's also three, three times more likely to commit suicide. If you don't have health care, you don't have mental health care. When we claim our plan, plan our budgets, right, we, people who are going to cut our grass, 
get every standard wage. It's the people who clean our streets, or take care of the parks, or serve school lunches, get area standard wages with benefits. When we hire teachers, we don't hire them because they're gonna do the jobs for the lowest. We hire them because that is what is best for our children. It's the same with law enforcement. We don't hire them because they're the cheapest. We hire them to keep us the safest. So I ask you, why should it be any different for the men and women who build the buildings that most of us work, live, and socialize in? I don't think it should be. So I ask you today to do away with your no bid or low bid requirements and start putting language in there, prequal language that requires people to have health care, apprenticeship programs, local hire for people who live in the community, can work in the community, and also some sort of apprenticeship program. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Next speaker is Antoinette. Following Antoinette, we'll go to online, call in user one. Good evening. Hi, my name is Antoinette. Um, like somebody said, they've already went over the list of demands, but one that I just want to repeat again is number one, is we demand no more purchases of military equipment until all lawsuits and investigations about SACPD's response to the George Floyd protests, improper military equipment use, and all allegations, this is a part I want to point out, all allegations, although we know it to be true, of racism and affiliations with known hate groups be resolved. I want to point this out because for y'all, I may feel like, oh, this is just taboo, this shit don't happen. My brother is Angel Ramos, who was killed by Vallejo police January 23rd, 2017. If you're familiar with Vallejo police, it just is all blown out there now in this whole thing with known racist-ass hate groups doing badge bending, uh, making a mockery and trophy out of all of the black and brown bodies that they've killed in Vallejo. So to think that it stops in just one city, to think that this shit is not nationwide, to think that it's not happening in your city of Sacramento is bullshit. It's bullshit. I want to go on to the use and the removal of all Sacramento police officers from traffic stops. Well, we know that majority of traffic stops to black and brown bodies end up with black and brown bodies being killed. If, if y'all can't honor that, if y'all don't recognize that, you as a black man, you as a black man, and all y'all here as people of color, however else y'all identify, if you think it can't be you being pulled over and killed, if you think it can't be your sons, your daughters, your grandkids being pulled over and being killed for the color of their skin, goddamn it, we is in fucking Black History Month and what movement has been made. Yeah. The last one that I also want to point out. The use of unmarked cars and plainclothes police officers. Again, to think that Sacramento is high and mighty and an and excuse from it is not. Because of my brother's police case, we've had officers come up to my sister after nightclubs, threaten us to shut down our Thank lawsuits against comments. the officers. Threaten us Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your comments. Your time is complete. Thank you for your comments. Your time is complete. Thank you for your comments. Your time complete. If you continue to speak, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Your time is complete. If you continue to speak, we're going to have to ask you to leave. Thank you very much. Madam Clerk, please move on to the next item. Thank you. Next speaker is call-in user one. Call-in user one. Yes. Uh, this is Lambert Davis of uh, To the Bay and Back Cheesecakes, and people need to get familiar with me because I'm, we're going to, we're building momentum now. 
to uh, put things in perspective at City Hall. Um, I've been involved with many interactions with the city, specifically the city manager's office. They have five divisions there. People need to study what that's about. Um, last week, I encountered something that is just another example. Here we are, the only, first of all, I have a following of tremendous millennials of all races in this city that support me. I'm a baby boomer. And so they have enlightened me on this city manager's report. And I have to stay focused on that because there's a process to put something on the agenda. And if it's not going to be honored, we have to find out who's responsible for that, whether it's the city attorney, whether it's whomever. And then last week was the ultimate insult. Mayor Steinberg asked the city manager, are you going to do a city manager's report? And he smugly said no. To me, that's an insult. Some of us have to wait a long time to wait for this public comments not on the agenda. And here it is, a black-owned cheesecake business from Del Paso Heights, an underserved community. We're going viral in the Bay Area. We're going viral in L.A., and we're going viral in Sacramento during the Super Bowl, and we, we don't get any outreach from the city manager's office. None. How can that be? And then Thank our, you for your comments. Your uh, time is complete. Our next speaker is PJ, and PJ is our final speaker. If you claim to be a progressive to get elected and you voted for the Rook, you're a liar. If you voted for the Rook and used the death of a black man, his family's mourning for your own gross photo ops like council members not in attendance, as well as those newly elected women who seem to view black folks like a political pawns, who use council members' life being threatened as justification for voting against her vote. It's cynical and gross. We demand a moratorium on all military equipment purchases. We are not at war. We are not at war. We are not your enemy. We demand City Council approve all Sac City Police Review Commission recommendations on military equipment use and bring all recommendations up to vote in council as a proof of actual transparency rather than the fake stuff that Steinberg pulls. We demand a data transparency ordinance for Sacramento City. I demand that all police body cameras be saved remotely on servers inaccessible to police to review so they can formulate the reports that attempt to justify their illegal actions. I demand those videos be available to the public to review so we can see the ways they treat the homeless, the way they treat those who they view as less than them. We demand an end to SAC PD's use of protectual traffic stops that have been that were shown to be racist specifically in the city. Literal statistics, a literal report show that they are pulled over at higher rates than the number of them in our communities. We demand an end to SAC PD's use of unmarked cars and plainclothes police officers. We demand SAC PD dissolve its gang enforcement policing teams. We demand a moratorium on all homeless sweeps by SAC PD. If you care about human beings in the smallest measure, then you need to tell them to back the fuck off. We're tired of their shit, tired of their racism, tired of their classism, tired of their hatred of those suffering from medical conditions, tired of their ageism directed at old poor folks. The police are trash. They are racist. They are classist. And they refuse to be held accountable via their body cams as a city manager. Thank you for your comments. 
Vice Mayor, I have no more speakers. Okay, thank you very much. Um, Mr. City Manager, do you have a report? Assistant City Manager, no. Let me bring this over to the council for comments. Uh, I had on the speaker's list here. If you continue to, if you continue to disrupt, I'm gonna ask you to leave. If you continue to disrupt the meeting, we're gonna leave. Members of the public, if you continue to engage, we're gonna adjourn the meeting. Okay, we're gonna, this is the second, this is the second remark. Okay, Madam City Attorney and Madam City Clerk, we are adjourning the meeting because under council rules five, we can no, no longer continue the meeting. Thank you very much, Madam uh, City Attorney. Well, let's see, do we have conduct? Okay, we've got conduct again. All right, let's move on to the speaker's list from the City Council. Um, si council Member Valenzuela, I have you first on the speaker's list. Well, Madam City Attorney, we continue to have disruption under council rules five. We're adjourning the meeting at 6.08 p.m. Okay, this meeting is adjourned. Thank you very much for your time today.